be with you guys tonight. How you doing out there? Good? Good. My name is Bo. Uh, I get to lead our fusion team here at Christian Assembly. Such an honor and a joy to get to be a part of this place. Happy New Year. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, hey, before we get into our teaching for tonight, a couple quick things. I just want to follow up on Chris's invitation. All of the men in the room, please join us for our men's gathering this Wednesday. Uh, I love these things. They're always such a great time of encouragement. Uh, I always leave so built up after getting to spend an evening uh, with the, this room filled with men just trying to follow Jesus better. So please join us at the men's gathering. Hope to see you guys there. Uh, also, before we get to the teaching, I uh, just want to draw your attention to something. You guys on your uh, seats when you came in, you guys saw this card. And on this card, it has these three statements, come early, be loud, stay late. I just want to uh, very briefly uh, uh, tell you guys why you guys have this card on your seat. Uh, some of you have already heard this before. I talked about this at the uh, Fusion retreat, uh, and many of you are already doing these things. But we believe at Fusion that God is building something unique and special in this season. We believe God is leading us into a new season uh, where he is doing some new things. And as God is building this new thing here at Fusion, uh, we want to respond to him as he is leading us. And one of the things that we believe God is doing here at Fusion is we believe he is continuing to build us into a community of greater faith and expectation, who just believes that every single Sunday night when we gather, it is no normal Sunday night, but instead it's a night that the God of the universe decided he wants us to be here in this room that we might receive from him and respond to his grace and his love and his mercy that he has for us. And so I just wanted to give you guys some really practical ways that you can participate and lean into that thing that God is building. And it's these three things. First, come early. What we're asking with this is that you would just simply be here uh, before service starts. When I say come early, a lot of people think I'm talking about 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock is not early fusion. 6 o'clock is on time. It's when fusion starts. We're asking you guys to come a few minutes early that you will be here for every minute that we have together. I, I read a tweet from a pastor recently. He said, imagine a church so excited to worship God that they'll show up early just to make sure they don't miss a single minute of what takes place. And we want to be that kind of place. So Fusion, will you come early? Will you join us before service, uh, before 6 o'clock, so that when we start right at 6, this room is filled and ready, believing God's going to do something in this place. The next thing is be loud. And we mean a couple different things when we're talking about being loud. Uh, one is being loud during worship. But can I just say tonight, you guys were all over this. Way to go. I love worshiping with you, Fusion, because you do worship loud. But it's just deciding we're going to be a place that loudly and boldly declares the praises of our God when we're together. Uh, another way that you can be loud is, this is strange to some people, but during the sermon, uh, we believe it's okay here to say amen, to say that's good. If you hear something uh, while somebody's preaching that resonates with you, it's okay to let yourself and the people around you know, hey, that was good, I needed to hear that. Uh, we believe that it's not just for the affirmation of somebody up here on stage, but it's for your own spirit, so that when you hear something good, you can identify and say, that was good, I needed to hear that. Another way that you can be loud is in your love for and your support for fusion. Will you speak well of fusion? Will you talk about fusion to other people? We believe that God, he is already, and he wants to continue to grow this community. Can I just say that you guys are the best recruiters we have, fusion. So will you speak well of fusion? We speak loudly of fusion to others. And finally, will you just pray loudly for fusion? We believe that prayer changes things here. And so will you lift up loud prayers to God on behalf of fusion, asking God, to continue to do uh, what he has already started to do in this community. And finally, stay late. 
what we're asking is don't take off during that last song. Stay with us to the end of the service. Stay with us after service. Build some community. Talk with people. Pray with somebody. Head across the street to the cafe and help us to continue to build the community that's being built over there. So just wanted to give you that card that's yours to take home. Uh, put it someplace where you'll see it to remind yourself, hey, I want to be there early. I'm going to be loud and I'm going to stay late at Fusion. All right. Let's move on uh, to our, our time together. Uh, hope you guys had a good uh, Christmas and holiday season. Blake and I ha had a great couple weeks together with uh, our kids, got to be with some family. Uh, a lot of this Christmas was new for us with two kids who were under two years old, right at two years old. Christmas is a strange thing for us now. Uh, so there were a lot of new things that we experienced, but there were also some very familiar things that we experienced that I experienced every single holiday season, one of which is that every holiday season, I continue to amaze myself. Don't you love when somebody starts a sentence like that? It's like you're very impressed with yourself. I continue to amaze myself at how much I will eat during the holidays. Anybody else? It's like any, I just, you know, any, any regulation of food just goes out the window. I eat all that I can possibly eat, as much as I can eat of it. And uh, I find myself like at you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, I eat at these meals and I eat and I eat and I eat till I am just stuffed. I'm at the table, it's like the top button is undone on the jeans. I'm like, oh, I am so full. I'm so full, not another bite. I don't, I'm, I'm so full, I don't even think I can help with the dishes, you guys. I'm just so full right now, you know? But then I am known for, in my family, 45 minutes later, I'm in that refrigerator pulling out leftovers. Anybody else? I'm like, oh, I'm starving. Like, where's all the things? So I'm pulling out the mashed potatoes. I, I love holiday leftovers. I have no problem with them. Now, here's the thing about leftovers, though. Leftovers are good when they're your own leftovers. But we don't want somebody else's leftovers, do we? It, it, imagine if somebody invites you over for dinner. If somebody invites Blake and I over for dinner, like, hey, come to our, come to our home tonight. Uh, we're going we're gonna to make dinner for you. And I walk in, and they're in their fridge, and they're pulling out. They're like, well, I got this leftover, and I have no idea how old this pizza is, but that's probably okay. And like, it's like, okay, thanks for inviting me over for this, for this meal. <laughs> we, uh, we wouldn't offer somebody else our leftovers when they come over, but why do we think it's okay to offer God whatever leftovers we might have for him? I got a little time, maybe, I can give to you. I'll, I'll give in the offering basket if I've got a little bit of money left over when, it, when it's time. I'll give a little bit of energy if there's any left over. I don't know, though, Sunday's kind of a long day for me. You see, God in the Bible, he repeatedly speaks on the power of firsts. The principle of first in Scripture is in a very, very important principle. God cares about firsts. And so as we gather together on this first Sunday of a new year, we're going to be talking about how we can give God our first and our best this year. Would you guys pray with me? Jesus, we thank you so much for this time. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is alive, that it is active, and when we hear it and by your Holy Spirit apply it to our lives, we are changed people. So we pray that you would speak to us now on this first gathering of 2018. Jesus, have your way in this place, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, Fusion, mature people are the way they are on purpose, right? 
they did things to get to where they are. They knew that in order to be mature in this area, to be mature in this way, they needed to put first things first in their lives and put other things second, third, and so on down the line, right? Athletes. I was watching uh, some playoffs, some NFL football today. I noticed the Cowboys weren't invited to play today. I, I don't know why. It hurts a little bit still, but pray for me, family. But I was watching some NFL today. Those athletes on the field, they didn't drift into the NFL, they put first things first. They practiced and they disciplined themselves. And they did what they needed to do to arrive where they wanted to be. Educated people, really intelligent, knowledgeable people. They didn't drift into that. They did what they needed to do. They read and they studied and they got around experts and they got themselves to that place because they put first things first. Spiritually mature people didn't drift into spiritual maturity. They put first things first. They did the right things in the right order to get to the place where they wanted and needed to be. I think Jesus knew. I think Jesus knew that we would struggle. We would struggle as a people to put first things first and that we would be very tempted, if you're anything like me, we'd be very tempted to give, to give second and third things first place effort in our lives. And so in Matthew chapter 6, it'll be in your bulletins and on the screen, Jesus, he said this, your heavenly father, he knows that you need all those other things, but seek first, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So as we begin this new year, I want to give us some practical steps we can take to practice giving God the first fruits of our time this year. The first moments of each day, the first day of each week, and the first month of this year in order that we might do first what matters most. And so number one, you can write this down in your bulletin, first of the day. I love this. Give God the first word over your day. Give God the first word over your day. Has anybody here ever overslept and woke up to a text saying, where are you? And you're like, who is this? I don't know. Like, and so you rush out of the door. Your hair's a mess. You're not sure that you brush your teeth before you left, right? How did the rest of your day go? Pretty bad, right? I'm a big believer in trajectory. I believe that we end up where we aim to be. And you see, by giving God's word, the first word over your day, the trajectory you are setting, what you are deciding is to give yourself the best day possible, no matter what comes along in your day. There was a study commissioned by a soap company. And they were trying to determine what are people thinking about during their morning showers. I know you're like, Bo, it's a little personal. Okay, just stay with me. What do we think about in, during our morning shower? What thoughts fill our minds and our hearts first thing in the morning? And of all of the responses that they gathered, here were the top four. To-do lists, problems and worries, daydreams, and work. 
And if you're anything like me, I think I actually accomplish all of these all in the same shower. It's like I start thinking about my to-do list, and then I become very aware of the problems and worries that are involved in that to-do list. And then I'm daydreaming as if that all those problems were gone and that they didn't actually exist. And then I remind myself I'm about to go to work, and I now have to take all of those things head on. And while we're in the shower cleaning our bodies, we're just polluting our minds and our hearts with stress and with worries and with disappointments about our current realities. And what does that do to the rest of our day? In the Bible, what we find is great beginnings start with God's word. Great beginnings start in God's word. In Genesis chapter 1, we read, with God's word, he creates all of creation. He speaks creation into existence. In John chapter 1, we read this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, when you give God, when you give him the first word of the day, when you give his word the first word of your day, it helps you to focus on who is with you more than what is against you. Listen, you're going to have struggle in your day. There are going to be things that come up against you. But to begin each day by reminding yourself that the word, the word that created all things is with you and loves you and is for you. It changes. It changes how you will respond to those things that come at you during the day. You see, during your day, there are going to be things that are going to attack you. But you begin your day by reminding yourself that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. During your day, there are going to be people, and more specifically, an enemy of your soul who is going to come against you. But you begin your day by reminding yourself that if he is for me, who can be against me? There are going to be things that you're going to come across in your day that you are going to need to deal with and overcome. But you begin your day by reminding yourself that, that we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. In Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, People do not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, He will sustain you. His word will sustain you. His promises, they will sustain you. So begin each day by reminding yourself of this, by spending time in God's word, by reading your Bible. Okay, but, but let's be honest because I already see the eyebrows raising. Let's do a little group poll here really quickly. How many of you in this room are morning people? Okay, can we see some hands? Yeah, a couple of them. All right. Yeah, notice my hand isn't up. Okay, uh, I am not a morning person, but I'm married to a morning person. My wife, Blake, she wakes up like a Disney princess, man. It's just like, it's going to be a great day. Like her cheeks are rosy and like the bunnies hop in and like birds fly in and put her robe over her. And I'm like, what are these birds doing in here? Like what is happening right now? I am not a morning person at all. And I know there are many people in this room who are like, listen, I'm not a morning person. This isn't for me. You're talking to somebody else. I get it. 
But I believe that God is present at your every beginning, including the beginning of every single one of your days. And I think that God wants you to experience the joy that his word has for you. He wants you to experience the peace that his word has for you. He wants you to experience daily the increased faith that comes from hearing his word, Romans tells us. For, for me personally, Blake and I, we've been in a season uh, this last, last chunk of time that it's been hard for us to get up in the morning and do our devotion, spend time in God's word. With two kids who wake up before us every single day and who are just ready to go, it's just been, it's taken a lot. And I personally have come through a season where I haven't been as diligent at meeting with God and reading his word to start out each one of my days. But recently, Blake and I made a commitment that we are going to begin this practice again. We're going to commit ourselves to reading his word every single day. And it takes a lot of work, Fusion. There there are days where I have to hang with the two kids so Blake can go into another room to read her Bible. And then when she's done, we switch. And I get to go into another room and read my Bible. It's taken work. But I, I just can't even believe how much God has been speaking to me lately. And I do not think it's a coincidence that it has come at the same time that I have been in his word every single morning for the last several weeks. Why do we always complain about not hearing God's voice when we choose to ignore God's word? I get asked all the time, what does God's voice sound like? You know what his voice sounds like? It sounds a lot like the Bible. You want to hear God's voice? Spend some time in his word. Begin your day. Set your trajectory with this. Give God the first word in your day by spending time in your Bible. And, oh, I love this. Write this down. Make your first words a personalized declaration of God's promises. Make your first words a personalized declaration of God's promises. This is something that Tom Hughes uh, taught a group of us pastors here at CA about several months ago. And it just changed things so dramatically for me. What I'm talking about is crafting a one-sentence statement that declares out loud each morning a promise of God that you want to remind yourself of. Now, here's the catch. These statements, they need to be rooted in Scripture and what the Bible says. I'm all about positivity. I'm all about right thinking. I believe in those things. But those aren't on the same level as declaring the promises of Scripture and what God has for us. I'm not talking about saying positive energy right now. I'm talking about the promises of God. See, there is a difference between declaring the promises of God over yourself and looking in a mirror each day and saying, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Right? That is good to do, but this is better to do. And if you don't know where to start with this, you're like, okay, that sounds cool, but how do I begin? How do I, how do I know what promises I need to declare over myself? Start with this question. Where do you feel most vulnerable in your life? Find a truth from God's word and start there. So for me, a few months ago, when Tom took us through this, I was feeling really vulnerable in my identity. I was just feeling attacked. I was feeling unsure of who I am. I was feeling unsure of what God thinks about me. So I made a statement. I wrote a statement, and it just said, I am a child of God. He loves me, and he is well pleased with me. From the baptism of Jesus, I took that promise and claimed it for myself. And every single day I've woken up and looked at myself in the mirror and said, I am a child of God. He loves me. He is well pleased with me. 
I was in a season of feeling like the enemy was just wanting to trip me up. I had found freedom from things in my life, and I could just feel temptation. I could feel sin just crouched at the door ready to pounce on me. And so I wrote a statement that simply just said, not today. Not today. As in, I was declaring to myself and to the, to the devil, today is not your day. There might be a day where I fail. There might be a day where you trip me up. There might be a day where I go back to that thing, but today is not that day. So every morning, I've declared, not today. I was in a place of feeling led to pray more, specifically for fusion. I felt like God wanted me to lead this community in praying for this place. And so I wrote a statement that says, it begins with prayer. Whatever God's wanting to do, it begins with prayer. And so I wrote these things down on a sticky note and I put them in my bathroom mirror so that I literally cannot leave the house without first seeing these things and declaring them out loud for myself. Give God the first word of your day by spending time in your Bible and make your first words a declaration of God's promises over yourself. Number two, first day of the week. Gather with God's people to worship. Gather with God's people to worship. I, I love this from Genesis. In Genesis, we read the story of creation, and it says that God, he creates people on the sixth day. And then on the seventh day, he rested. Which means on the first full day of human existence, it was a day of rest, not a day of work. It all began for them in rest. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. See, here's the truth. If you give God one day to rest with him and in some unique and specific ways to connect with him, your six other days are going to be so much more blessed because of it. Does anybody in here love Chick-fil-A? Any Chick-fil-A fans in this room? Yeah. How many of you know that we never crave Chick-fil-A more than what day? Sunday. Which is sad. Why? Because they're closed on Sundays. Yes. Kathy Truett, the founder of Chick-fil-A, he decided to honor God's command for Sabbath by keeping all Chick-fil-A's closed on Sundays so that his employees could have an opportunity to worship, to rest, and to spend time with family and with friends. Now, any business person will tell you if you sell your product for seven days a week, you should do better than somebody who sells their product for six days a week. And Chick-fil-A should do worse than its competition. But they don't. On average, a Chick-fil-A store will earn in a week 23% more than its closest competitor who's open seven days a week. Next time you're at Chick-fil-A and you ask yourself, why are these fries so delicious? You'll know. <laughs> They've been blessed by God. It's like, it's like taking communion, y'all, when you eat some Chick-fil-A fries. New year, new me. Chick-fil-A every day except Sunday because they're closed on Sunday. Honoring the Sabbath, it matters in our lives. And taking part of that day to gather with God's people to worship, that matters for us as well. And part of that is because when you gather with God's people to worship, God has something he wants to say to you. 
We say it all the time around here. This is no normal Sunday night, but the God of the universe decided you should be here tonight because he has something he wants to say to you and something he wants to do in your life. But here's the other thing. God also has something he wants to do through you. See, Fusion, God has something he wants to say to you, but God also has something he wants to say through you and do through you. Listen, you matter in this place. You matter in this place. It matters to us that you are here. When you are not here, we are not the same. If you are a part of fusion, then when you're not here, fusion is not the same. We want you here. Not just because God's going to say something to you, but because you matter to this community and because you have a role to play in this place as well. So give God the first day of your week by honoring the Sabbath and by gathering with a community like this to worship. Alex, if you'll join me up here. Third and finally, the first month of the year. Celebrate and live into God's delivering work in your life. Celebrate and live into God's delivering work in your life. As Israel was brought out of slavery in Egypt... One of the first things that God did was he instituted a a weekly Sabbath, a day of rest for them. But he also changed their annual calendar. In Exodus 12, verse 2, God said, From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Now, we don't follow the Jewish calendar here. But there is still a principle which I think can really change things for us if we see it and apply it. This principle of of intentionally taking the first month of the year to celebrate the fact that God has done something for you. Fusion, has anybody in here been delivered of some stuff? Has anybody in here been set free through something Jesus has done for you? Is there anybody in here who says, I don't know what happened. I can't take credit for it. I can't totally explain it, but this I know. I once was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I am found. There was no way I should have got out of that situation. There was no way that relationship should have been healed. There was no way that healing should have come to me. There was no way. There was no way. There was no way. But Jesus made a way. But Jesus did something. Psalm 107 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If Jesus has done something for you, we should take note of that. We should remember that. And we should celebrate that together. Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. As we start a new year together, let me ask you, is there any area of your life where you have been set free, where Jesus has redeemed something, where you've been walking in freedom, but lately you have found yourself living more back into slavery than you were? Listen, you've got to know, the devil is going to fight to try and get you back. He wants you trapped again in that thing Jesus set you free from. 
He wants you to, he wants your mind full of fear and anxiety again. He wants depression to make itself at home in your life again. He wants you so distracted by other things that you forget your first love and you forget the commitments that you made as a new follower of Jesus. I know in my life, it doesn't usually just go zero to 60. In my life, in times where I have found myself stepping back into some slavery, stepping back into some bondage of sin, it's usually the result of a whole bunch of little compromises I've started to make again along the way. So how can you know if there's an area like this in your life? Well, sometimes it's glaring and it's obvious. I know I shouldn't be doing this. I know I was set free from this thing, and now I'm back doing this thing or wrestling in this way again. Sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's not. But let me ask you this. Here's a good way to tell if there's anything in your life that you're not totally free from. Is there anything in your life that you dread the idea of fasting for a season? And I know nobody likes it when the preacher starts talking about fasting. You're like, oh, I'm going to bring this up. I am. See, to fast from something means to abstain from it for a set period of time. And if you can't give something up for a short period of time, you're not free from that thing. And so maybe, maybe it's social media for you. And when I say fasting social media, you're like, well, what would I do with all of my time if I'm not just scanning and looking and refreshing all the time? If you can't give up social media for a set period of time, you're not free from it. Maybe it's, it's a certain type of food sugar or sweets or something. Holidays just came. You ate a whole bunch of sugar and pie like the rest of us. And now the idea of giving up a certain type of food, you think, no way, man. No way could I do that. If you can't set something aside for a short period of time, you're not free from it. Could be how much, how much TV you watch. Those three hours of Netflix that you watch every night before you go to bed. It's how I unwind. It's how, how I forget about the stress of the day. It's how I let go of all that stuff. If you can't give something up for a short period of time, you are not free from that thing. So as we launch this new year together, let's find ways to celebrate the freedom Christ has brought us. And let's take a good look at our lives, Fusion, and ask, Lord, is there anything in me where I, I am slipping back in some old ways I shouldn't be? Would you guys bow your heads with me? I want to give us a moment. We're going to take communion together in just a minute, but before we do, I want to give us a moment to just individually hear from God. Maybe it's about the, the first moments of the day. Giving God's word the first word of your day. Maybe you're already doing that. And if so, man, that's awesome. Keep doing that. But maybe you need to make a commitment now that you're going to start out each morning by giving God's word the first word. Reading a couple chapters, a, a single chapter. Reading just a few verses of your Bible every morning. In Isaiah, God says, my word will not return void and it will accomplish what I please. I am convinced, Fusion, even a few verses every day can accomplish what God wants to do in you that day. Maybe you need to get on a reading plan. If you want some help knowing what to do, talk to a pastor. We got some recommendations for you. And you could say, Bo, I'm not a morning person. I get it. I'm not either. For, <clears throat> for me to get up in the morning and spend time doing my, reading my Bible, 
doing my devotions, it feels like a sacrifice to me. But man, I would love to be the kind of follower of Jesus who is willing to sacrifice for him, even if it's just a few moments of sleep. Maybe you need to create some declaration statements for yourself. Declare some of the promises of God over your life. You can even begin writing those down now if one's coming to you. And for the first day of the week, gathering for worship. If you're in this room, you've already done that today, way to go. But maybe you come once a month or maybe, maybe twice a month or whenever it's convenient, but you won't actually sacrifice. You won't make it a priority to be here. Maybe you need to decide that I'm going to be here every week this month, every week for this series. And for others, maybe it's a change of mindset that from, from now on, you're not just going to come so God can say something to you, but you're going to come, come so God can say something through you as well. You're going to serve, you're going to give, you're going to contribute to this place. Maybe you just need to set aside a day to rest in God's presence. And finally, for this first month of the year, celebrating God's deliverance and refusing to fall back into slavery. Maybe you need to find some creative ways to celebrate what God has done in your life. He has done so much fusion. Can you speak about it? Can you tell about it? Can you celebrate the freedom God has brought you? And maybe you're starting to see some old patterns creep back into your life. And you need to commit now to become ruthless with that sin that wants to destroy you. It might look like God calling you to fast something for a season. I don't know. But will you decide now to be ruthless with that sin? So, Lord, we, we offer you these things. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be people who bring you our best, who bring you our first fruits when it comes to our time. Would you make us a people who, who desire, Lord, not out of obligation, but rather because we long to meet with you. Would you help us to desire spending time in your word every morning, knowing that you meet with us. And when we read your word, Lord, we find your truth. We find your hope. We find your peace. Would you help us, Lord, to take Sabbath, to take rest in your presence, to continue to gather as we worship you and are a part of this community. And would you help us, Lord, to celebrate the great things you have done, to speak the great things you have done in our lives, and to, to make sure, Lord, that we are not slipping back into the old ways from which you have set us free. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm so glad that, that we are a God who is a God of firsts. And in fact, everything that we do towards God, we don't initiate any of it. He was the beginner of that conversation. First John tells us that we love him because he first loved us. The Bible calls Jesus the firstborn among creation. And that love, that love with which God first loved us, it was made, uh, it, it, it was made, it was fully realized and demonstrated for us as Jesus hung on that cross. As he went to the cross because of your sin and of mine, for mine because he knew it was the only way we could be made right. It was the only way we could be forgiven. It was the only way we could be brought back into relationship with our God. And so he went to that cross. But before he did, he gathered with a group of his friends for a final meal. And he took some bread 
And he said, as often as you get together, break this bread, eat this bread, and remember my body that was broken for you. And then he took a cup, and he said, as often as you get together, drink this cup, and remember my blood of the new covenant, the new deal, saying, now you are made right with me. If you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus before, you've never accepted what he did on the cross for you, you could do that right now. When you believe in your heart that he died on the cross, and when you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, and it could be a simple prayer, you could just say now that says, Jesus, I believe I need to be saved, and I believe you did that for me on the cross. And if you have done that, if you have made that commitment to be a follower of him, you are invited, you are welcome to take communion. The ushers are going to come now and they're going to pass some trays. You could take a cracker and as you do, as you eat that cracker, remember his body broken on the cross. And you can take a cup and drink that juice and set it right back in the tray. And as you do, remember the new covenant that he has made for us.